Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On President Joe Biden's watch, inflation has gone through the roof. Gas prices are at an all-time high and the stock market is looking like a bloodbath. So what's the White House's plan for Stopping this economic freefall doesn't seem to have one. Oh, other than blaming Republicans and Putin. Friends, it's time for Hold the Line. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. He's changing lives, all right, just not for the better, that's for sure. You see the economic numbers and these imbecile Democrats trying to pretend that, oh, things are great. We're in a good position now to tackle inflation. Don't worry. We've got this in hand. What country are they living in or what reality are they operating in? Because it's not the one the rest of us are. 
There are clearly enormous challenges right now in the economy for folks who can afford those challenges the least. You have inflation at the highest it has been in decades. You also have producer inflation high, which means that you're going to have increases in prices still coming down the line. Everybody understands that we're also on the precipice of what could well be a recession. We'll see when the GDP numbers come out. And even if we don't hit a recession this quarter, many are saying it's inevitable now that either this year or next year there will be a recession. Biden, on the other hand, is out there saying, oh, don't worry, this is, this is all going according to plan. They've made so much progress. Watch. Is this, under my plan for the economy, we've made extraordinary progress. And we put America in a position to tackle a worldwide problem is worse everywhere but here, inflation. Uh, now they're in a good position to tackle inflation. Really? What was the last 18 months? Was he, was he not the president? Was he not in a good position? Oh, this is going according to plan. This is what he wanted. Spend so much money, do so much financial engineering with the lockdowns, the stay at home, the $2 trillion, all that stuff. And Biden thought we're such a good idea. Really? We see now, not a good idea at all. So what is he doing? I mean, at the, on the one hand, he's essentially living in an alternate reality. Because what else is he going to say? I'm not very smart. I never should have taken this job. This was a bad idea for America. I mean, that would be true, but he's not going to say that. So he's just going to start making stuff up. I mean, here's an example, which is just total malarkey to borrow a Bidenism. He claims that Americans have more savings now than ever before. Watch. Since I took office to your help, Families are carrying less debt nationwide. They have more savings nationwide. More Americans applied for new small businesses last year than ever before in American history. 5.4 million new small business applications. Jobs and companies are coming home again. We're making Buy American a reality. I mean, no one believed. This is an accurate reflection of what's really happening. I would also want to ask Joe Biden, how many of the people applying for new business uh, licenses were wiped out of their previous business because of pandemic lockdowns? Just wondering. Did they ever, they ever look at that? Oh, no, he likes to tell you he created 8 million jobs. By that, he means the government no longer mandated the shutdown of entire sectors of the economy, which was completely, not only pointless, but destructive. Didn't help us, only hurt us. But they don't want to talk about that. By the way, CNBC headline from just two weeks ago about Biden's, they've got more savings now. Americans now have an average of $9,000 less in savings than they did last year. That's a lot for, for a lot of folks, $9,000 in savings, by the way, that, that covers uh, months of expenses. So if you had that $9,000 of savings, you might have a cushion now to carry three months, six months, maybe longer. But Biden, he just wants to make it up as he goes along. So what does he do here? Obviously, on the one hand, he's going to tell you the stuff that's just not true. We gave you a perfect example of that, unless CNBC is, you know, right-wing anti-Biden stuff. And then you also have the scapegoating, the blame game, the blame shifting. The Biden regime that wanted so badly to be in charge because they were going to do a great job. They're going to build back better from the middle out and all this other garbage that you heard Biden saying from day one of his presidency. It's not true. It didn't work. Well, instead of admitting that it's not true, it didn't work, they're going to start blaming people. Like, for example, here, Biden says, if only he could get his agenda through, everything would be so much better. But the ultra-MAGA people 
Such a cool name, Ultra MAGA. They're standing in the way. Look, I believe in bipartisanship, but I have no illusions about this Republican Party, the MAGA Party. I've been able to bring some Republicans along on parts of my plan. But the fact is, Republicans in Congress are still in the grip of the ultra-MAGA agenda. Trump's not even in office. Well, what what ultra-MAGA agenda? They're, they're in the grip of the stop destroying the economy, you old idiot. That's what they're in the grip of. Agenda. Okay? This is crazy. But what else are they going to say? Uh, what are they going to do? Oh, Biden's got an idea to turn everything around, of course. And that's going to be when we're about to hit a recession, we already have high inflation, we're likely to see stagflation coming up here pretty soon. Oh yeah, it's going to get ugly, folks. Biden's talking about, you know what we should do? Raise taxes on corporations. If only they paid their fair share, we wouldn't be in this problem. Watch. Look, we can do all this. I'm asking, all I'm asking is for the largest corporations and the wealthiest Americans to begin to pay their fair share in taxes. I'm deadly earnest. Anybody out there think the tax system is fair? Raise your hand. If the tax system is so unfair, why don't we have a flat tax? Why not? Why not just do that? Oh, because Democrats want to socially engineer through the tax code. We already have a very progressive tax code, as we all know. But he says it's not fair. All right, let's, let's get rid of all the different loopholes, all the different games. Oh, no, but big Democrat donors like that stuff. Because they want to talk about raising taxes on people who are middle class, who are building their wealth over time. They want to raise taxes on everybody. And they don't want to pay those taxes themselves, though. They always got to have the carve-outs, you see. Yeah, that's the game that is played here all the time. Another game that's played by these Democrats in the White House is to just make it up as they go along. I mean, there's the blame shifting, and then there's the, as I said, there's the lies, there's the blame shifting, and then there's just delusion, right? It's a lie to say Americans have more savings now than they ever had before, as we all know. That's just not true. Um, They had substantially more savings a year ago. It's Blame shifting to say that Republicans stand in the way of the agenda. Democrats can pass whatever they want when it comes to spending. And they did. It was Democrats like Joe Manchin in the Senate who stood in the way of even more crazy spending. It's not Republicans' fault. The Democrats did what they wanted to do. Ah, but then you have just delusion, uh, which is something that the White House is increasingly adopting as a means of trying to uh, address the plummeting polls. Here is the uh, new White House press secretary, relatively new White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, saying that America is in the midst of a historic economic boom, guys. Yeah, sure. Watch. Okay, so as you say that Americans are well positioned to weather this stock market decline, what is the president's message to somebody who might want to retire, but their 401k is getting wiped out? So we know we know that the that higher prices are having a real effect on people's lives. We get that. And we are incredibly focused on doing everything that we can to make sure that it, the economy is working for every American people. But we are coming out of the strongest job market in in American history and that matters and that a lot of that is thanks to the American Rescue Plan which only Democrats uh voted for that, Republicans did not and it led to uh this this economic boom this historic economic boom that we're seeing with jobs. That's going great, guys. 
don't worry about all the stuff that you're seeing, all those numbers. When, when we're in a recession, by the way, just wait for her to say, we're in a, the best recession we've been in in a long time. Expect people to clap. Right, we'll have more on this with Republican Congressman Kevin Brady in just a moment. First, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed, but that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue now. Without real security, people can read your emails, your messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mine your data and never ask for your phone number. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on by your internet provider or big tech. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. It costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. We'll be right back with Congressman Kevin Brady in a moment. Support for my podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with its exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. The performance package 4.0 includes a ton of men's grooming products like the Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a bunch of other great men's hygiene products you never knew you needed, plus a travel bag to hold it all. The lawnmower trimmer is the best. It's got a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and it's waterproof, so no more messes on the bathroom floor. You'll also get the waterproof weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer with proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in all those delicate areas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUCK to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with Manscaped. I grew up in a household not far from here, Claymont and Wilmington, where the price of a gallon of gasoline went up was a conversation at the dinner table. It mattered. It mattered to my working family. It mattered the price of food went up. The problem is Republicans in Congress are doing everything they can to stop my plans to bring down costs on ordinary families. That's why my plan is not finished and why the results aren't finished either. An angry President Biden today blaming congressional Republicans for sky-high inflation and record prices at the pump but in a recent op-ed for the Wall Street Journal, Biden touted a so-called new plan to address the 40-year high inflation, which doubles down on crippling tax hikes and more inflationary spending. Even Politico warned that Biden's efforts could be seen as tone-deaf, writing, while the president's op-ed purports to lay out a plan for addressing inflation, a close read shows that he actually seems to be pushing the burden off on others. So is it really a plan when the president points fingers? Let's ask Texas. Representative Kevin Brady. Congressman Brady, thanks for being with us. Good to see you, Buck. Thanks for having me. So what do you think of what Biden had to say earlier today in Pennsylvania, the AFL-CIO? He's got a plan, does he? 
Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm afraid the president's full of baloney on this one. Um, one, I, he's blamed everyone in the world for his inflation. The bottom line is uh, he's driven it from almost the first day he's been in office. Uh, everyone in America knows this. Uh, today he's blaming us. I'm sure at some point Johnny Depp will get some blame for inflation. But the truth of the matter is it's his government spending uh, that fueled uh, inflation, his program that paid people more to stay home than return to work. And right now, boy, we're getting a double dose of bad news. So obviously inflation on families and workers is accelerating as we saw. But the news this morning is it's in, it's accelerating on our main street businesses, double digit inflation now for six straight months. That means that's going to end up uh, in consumer prices. And so I think we're gonna see a long hot summer of raging inflation and it is gonna stick around for a long time. Biden also claimed today that Republicans want to raise taxes on the middle class. What do you think, Congressman? Let's take a look at this. Republicans have it all backwards. <clears throat> Their plan literally calls for increasing taxes on middle class and working people and cutting taxes on corporations and wealthy Americans. I mean, where, where's he getting that? Where's he get the increase in taxes for middle class folks? Where's that? Yeah, so he's been fact-checked on this claim, on both those claims, as a matter of fact, is just simply misleading here. He's picking one proposal by Senator uh, Scott out of Florida, the truth of the matter, which is his idea, uh, but doesn't reflect conservatives and Republicans. We're the party of lower taxes. His budget proposes $4 trillion of new tax hikes, much of which lands on middle-class families and small businesses. Uh, so look, I, he's desperate. Uh, not only is inflation raging, but most Americans have given up any hope or confidence in his leadership. I noticed uh, this week that we saw for inflation, seven out of 10 Americans think that over the next five years, their paychecks will not stay up with inflation. It's gonna eat away every month. That ought to worry everyone, especially this president, because he is rightly uh, the cause of this. Yeah, I mean, to that point, what what would you say if someone were to, were to tell you, well, maybe this has been a long time coming? Well, maybe it's uh, the White House, for example, likes to say it's, it's the Putin price hike. Um, even what, last summer they had Janet Yellen saying inflation would be transitory. How did we get here in 18 months? Yeah, so it really began with that, the inflation really got fueled with that two, nearly $2 trillion COVID stimulus because it not only fueled a, a big range of inflation, it did, again, discourage Americans from coming back to work. When you don't have people to assemble the products, uh, man the production lines, deliver them or service them, inflation goes up. Uh, they were in denial, as you know, all last year, just said, and, you know, there really isn't inflation. Uh, there's no worker crisis, uh, nothing to see here, but Americans felt it every day. And right now, I will tell you, under President Biden, women, uh, families, workers have, haven't had it this bad in decades. And it is this president's policies that's done it. As you know, the president pointed the finger at Republicans for standing in the way of his Build Back Better agenda, which he claimed, again, today, still would lower prices. So he wanted to spend, what was it, for Build Back Better, five, six trillion dollars? Oh, yep. And yeah. how, like, explain to me what the president's thinking is with this, that spending more yeah, would actually so that, bring prices down. 
Yeah, so even the Congressional Budget Office confirms that that's nonsense, uh, that it will kill U.S. jobs, make us less competitive, drive up prices, and discourage people from returning to the workforce. So every element of Joe Biden's leadership that has driven inflation and now killed small business jobs three of the last four months would be muscled up. But actually, he, he's actually doubling down on the very things that created inflation and what will soon be a recession, thanks to him. Uh, so he's doubling down on all of it. I, I don't know where he gets his supposed facts, but they've all been pretty much debunked by independent organizations. And of course, the media trying to run interference for the increasingly obvious failures of the Biden administration on, on a range of issues, but certainly to include the economy are saying, well, Republicans don't have a plan. As, I mean, as if Republicans were in charge right now with the votes to actually in, enact a plan. But if Republicans could, what would members of the House, for example, do to deal with what we're seeing right now with inflation, with gas prices, with as much as, as, much as could be handled? Yeah, so the president doesn't think we have a plan because he's never had a conversation with us about how you would work together. So I would start with this, don't make things worse. So don't fuel inflation with more government spending, which he is still pushing for. In fact, get the COVID era spending out of the budget, you know, return to normal uh, times here. Secondly, I would focus on getting workers back uh, reconnected to their job, the president doesn't acknowledge it or care. Uh, thirdly, I would, frankly, I would stop any government spending or increases beyond what we have in defense and really essentials we have. So again, stop fueling inflation. The other thing too is, um, look, we need this regulatory attack on energy, on small businesses, on families to drive up costs even more uh, and robs from our budget. I would end that regulatory attack that he's got going on. I would start with those four things. What could be done on energy? So uh, stop the attack on American-made energy. You know, open leasing, uh, open the, on the Gulf and in Alaska, onshore as well. Uh, I would start approving permits for pipelines rather than killing them. Uh, I would stop uh, trying to go for much higher taxes on American-made energy, and rather than flying to Saudi Arabia to beg, you know, for more energy, I would fly to West Texas and ask, how can I do, what can I do to help produce more here in America? Congressman Brady, always appreciate it, sir. Thanks for being with us. Good to see you, Buck. Thanks. Crime continues to be a major issue in big cities around the country. It looks like some national Democrats may be waking up to that. I'll have more on it in tonight's Buck Brief. Stay with us for that. Right now, I want to talk to you about the one asset you need to really be protecting your home. I don't know if you saw this. There was a recent story about an Arizona real estate agent that found the home she lived in was listed for sale. Problem was, she wasn't selling her home. She was the victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime happening all over the country. According to the experts at Home Title Lock, the crime is incredibly profitable and hard to detect. An identity thief simply creates a fake title transfer for your home and refiles as the new owner. Then he can take out loans on your home or sell it. Typical identity theft services don't cover you and neither does homeowner's insurance. Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title the instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title. They help shut it down and help get your home back in your name. Here's what you should do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials, then register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. 
And when you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you to get 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. Again, HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. Crime rates continue to hover at record rates in many cities around the country thanks to the soft-on-crime approach of far-left lawmakers and district attorneys. But with the loss of San Francisco's uber-progressive DA Chesa Boudin, it looks like some national Democrats are beginning to take the issue a bit more seriously because, you know, their power's at stake. The left might actually have to wake up to the fact that the crime wave of their own making is going to cost them big in the upcoming elections. Let's take a look at this in tonight's Buck Brief. How could anyone think that this wasn't exactly what was going to happen? That if you had the entire system decide that one, law enforcement, whether it's police or prosecutors, are systemically racist, and two, the only way to deal with this is to end what they call mass incarceration, which means fewer people in prison, fewer prosecutions, less severe prosecutions, less enforcement of laws, all the way down the line. How could anyone think that that wouldn't result in exactly what we've seen in the last two and a half years or so, which is the rise in homicides and violent crime and crime of all kinds across the country. Not just in big cities, by the way. The Wall Street Journal recently did a report on the rise in crime in rural districts, too. So this has been violence all over the place. What's going on here? Why is it so bad, particularly in the cities? Uh, rates in Houston, for example, Harris County, says there have been 173 homicides in the city so far in 2022. Um, so this is the worst start to a year at this point that Houston has had in decades, if not ever. Um, why is this going on in that city? Why is this happening in so many places? Philadelphia had its worst ever murder rate last year. It's just slightly behind that pace at this point this year. Chicago has an extremely high murder rate. Nationwide, a 30% increase in murders in 2020. The left used to say, oh, this is just a right-wing talking point. What's going on is not as bad as they say. No, no, it actually is. And they need to own up to this because they wanted to have progressive prosecutors taking over. They wanted to end mass incarceration, as they say. They wanted to defund police. And everywhere they got their way, even a little bit, you have seen just deterioration across the board of safety, quality of life, of people being able to go about their day-to-day -day without fear of robbery, assault, sexual assault, murder, all the range of crimes going on as they have increased in place after place. It turns out that having to relearn the lessons of the past was not, in fact, in any way uh, to our benefit. We just had to suffer now. The whole country had to suffer because the libs are lunatic. And here's an example of it up in Seattle. This was a Fox News headline today. An alleged Seattle hostage taker cited a recently passed city ordinance, Democrat pushed law to police. SPD, Seattle police, is illegally chasing me. It's an illegal pursuit. They're not supposed to be able to chase. This is according to uh, audio of suspect Isaac Cicel, who's a suspect in a kidnapping. He called the police to say, the Democrats who run this city say, you're not allowed to chase me. This is real. This is the America we're living in now. Calls police, say, hey, what do you think? What's this, what the police actually doing police work? The Democrats said, we, the criminals, we don't have to worry about that anymore. That's not the way this is supposed to go. 
how much more clear can they make it? There have also been uh, intercepted phone conversations from uh, jail, for example, where you can have your calls all recorded, um, where extremely violent uh, gang members in prison say, oh, they, you know, they think that the progressive DA, Paul uh, Gascon in Los Angeles, he's, you know, he's great. They won't do the death penalty, won't do life sentences, you know, just treating all the, all the most dangerous criminals just a little more gently, because that's going to somehow make things better for us. People are absolutely out of their minds. I mean, in the Seattle situation, I would note they've had a massive increase, 75% increase in shootings this year over last year. So Seattle is just in deterioration. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, as I've said, the progressive prosecutors, the Democrat laws, but also the attrition in the police department. Seattle police is way understaffed from what they should be right now. And that's because people leave because they don't want to be fed to the wolves. They don't want to be handed over because of political correctness and, and not just stripped of their badge and, and their, their reputation and their dignity, but often imprisoned to placate the mob, you know, the Antifa left-wing lunatics of the Democrat Party. So you have a massive attrition problem in the Seattle Police Department. They have so few officers, in fact, that they're not even able to assign detectives to new rape cases in 2022. There's a backlog of rape cases that aren't being investigated in a timely fashion because they don't have enough investigators because they've left because they don't want to do this. And also, of course, they defunded their police there, which is a brilliant idea. People are lunatics. And New York City, where I live, 1,500 NYPD retirements uh, or just resignations in the last year. Here's Mayor Eric Adams, who is also an imbecile, saying that he is not concerned about these retirements. It's going to be fine. Mr. Mayor, are you concerned there are reports that um, over 500 cops are resigning and over 1,000 are retiring? Does that concern you? Uh, no, it does not. Why doesn't it concern you? I, I have spoken to friends in the department. They can't actually replace those officers fast enough. So they're just losing manpower. That doesn't concern them at a time when crime is on the rise in the city. Crime across all major categories in New York is up under the mayor's watch. Oh, just, what, are, what are we doing in these places? Even James Carville, longtime Democrat political strategist, pretty well-known guy in the political scene, he still lives a little bit in Realityville, and he's saying, hey, Democrats, after Chesed Boudin's loss, you need to get real on the crime issue. Watch. Democratic voters have seized control of their party. The, the people of San Francisco won last night. The faculty at Berkeley, the University of California at Berkeley, lost. And, you know, this is not unusual. They lost in Seattle, Minneapolis, Buffalo, Cleveland, New Orleans, New York City. Uh, I, I mean, hopefully that the a lot of people in the party and a lot of people that cover the party and influences understand that the Democrats around the country live in this country and they, they want a safe country and they want people to pay attention to them. Uh, the people that do the work and walk the streets and ride mass transit and, and go to the hospitals and send their kids to school. That, that's who counts in this country, not, not a bunch of snobby, self-righteous elites. Well, who runs the party? The snobby, self-righteous elites, that's who calls the shots among Democrats, who pretend to care about working folks, pretend to care about minorities. Really, if you're a minority living in a major city right now, and you're part of the 99% who just want to live their lives in peace and not commit any crimes, 
Are you protected by the Democrat Party that wants to end mass incarceration and defund police? No, you're not, actually. The Democrats are betraying everybody with these stupid ideas, except for criminals. The Democrats and their ideas on criminal justice are fantastic for criminals. So there's that. We can always uh, at least take that away from it. Oh, by the way, even Biden last week said it's time for states and localities to spend more money on this watch. Time they move. It's time the states and the localities spend the money they have to deal with crime, as well as retrain police officers, as well as provide for more community policing. It's time to get on with doing that. Yeah, you don't say. All right, an FDA advisory committee is meeting tomorrow to weigh in on the COVID vaccines for children under five. We have more on that with the first TV's TNLO coming up. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. An FDA advisory committee is meeting tomorrow to weigh in on COVID vaccines for children under five. And although some parents of the roughly 18 million children in the age group have been eagerly awaiting the shots to become available, majority of them say they will not vaccinate their young children right away. Here with Reaction, contributor to the First TV, TNLO. Tina, thanks for being here. So what is going on now? We, we're, tell, we're told that vaccines for kids under five? What? Why? So as we've discussed here before, even the most liberal of areas, like even here in D.C., we haven't gotten the majority of five to 11 year olds vaccinated. So it's a very big question mark to if you can get the majority of under fives anywhere vaccinated for covid. One of there are there are two major concerns. One is the actual safety of the vaccines. The FDA maintains that there are no safety issues. But then again, the FDA also didn't want to talk about the myocarditis risk specifically for the Moderna vaccine for younger men. The myocarditis risk was not the same for for young women or for young girls as it was for young men. But we do know that 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 gender difference, you know, because gender is real and a binary did exist. Then there's the question of the overall impact that this will have on the childhood vaccine schedule. The last thing you want are vaccines that have proven track records. Let's say, you know, measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine or the HPV vaccine that actually do require herd immunity because they are effective for younger people. The last thing you want is to undercut the confidence that we have in those vaccines by throwing in a separate two to three dose vaccine schedule for a vaccine that a lot of parents are saying, hey, wait, why do I need to get this for my kid when my kid already had COVID and was either asymptomatic or this was you know, less severe than the flu for them. Do I then really need to get the MMR vaccine? Do I then really need to get them the HPV vaccine? The answer is yes, but the CDC have continued to undercut its own credibility throughout this entire thing by acting, you know, setting on a five alarm fire drill for, for this situation. And so will this do more damage in the long run to parents' confidence in our vaccine regime? 
I hope not, but I'm not terribly confident because the public health administration has done everything it can to undercut its own integrity. Kaiser Family Foundation survey of parents on vaccinating their kids under, the kids who are under five, and some really interesting results, Tina. 18% intend to vaccinate their children right away. I think those are known as leftists who watch MSNBC. 38% want to wait to see how effective the vaccine is for kids under five. 27% will definitely not vaccinate, and 11% will only vaccinate if required for school or daycare, which is a big question mark we can get to in a second. But first, the most recent CDC data, as I understand, or most recent CDC judgment on this was they couldn't actually, they can prove the vaccines aren't dangerous to children under five, but they couldn't, pr- they couldn't actually uh, prove efficacy for children under five. No, and so that's one of the big issues. You know, even among younger adults, you know, in our age demographic, like I did get vaccinated and shockingly have not gotten COVID yet because I've been, you know, inside every bar and party for the last two years. But I know tons of people who have fully vaccinated, boosted, have gotten have gotten breakthrough, although not really, it's, is it fair to call them breakthrough infections when this many people get them? And we don't know what the difference is in terms of the severity of the disease for younger people who have gotten vaccinated versus those who haven't. Sure, it's safe to say that for those over 65s, those seniors that that comprise the bulk of the deaths anyway, the vaccines are effective. But for that 38% that say they're going to wait and see for the efficacy, what does efficacy even look like? Because if vaccinating children, still you still have the same breakthrough phenomenon, just about the quote unquote severity of the disease, young kids aren't getting severe COVID anyway. For under fives, we are talking about fewer than a thousand deaths overall. And when you just think about, Buck, let's just consider just, just, just what would do the most good in an absolute sense. Focusing on vaccinating under fives, With a vaccine, we don't even know if it's going to do anything to limit the potential maybe 1,000 deaths COVID could reap in the next, you know, three, four years for them. Or focusing on the 5% of seniors who are not fully vaccinated. And we know seniors are dying in terms of hundreds of times, orders of magnitude, on orders of magnitude, greater rate than anyone our age. God forbid anyone not even old enough to start kindergarten yet. And yet, the American government has made a very concerted effort to focus on children, not on seniors who are the ones who are dying of this thing anyway. What if all this effort on all of the children under five in the entire country was concentrated on getting that last share of seniors fully vaccinated or boosted? Because those are the people who are dying. And it just does make the entire regime seem more sketchy. And it's hard yes. to instill more confidence in it. Yes, uh, people people should not anymore just trust the word of the CDC. That's just reality. I mean, I know people no. don't like to hear that, but the CDC has destroyed its credibility. By the way, the FDA is also following in its footsteps right now. Baby formula plants, we know about the baby formula shortage, were not inspected during COVID's uh, May, uh, first year in 2020. Um, and people are saying that the baby formula shortage was preventable. Only three out of 23 of the baby formula facilities in the United States were inspected by the FDA because the FDA pulled them away because they were scared of COVID. U.S. regulators have historically inspected baby formula plants at least once a year. 
They let that go in 2020. And when they finally got inside an Abbott Nutrition Formula plant in Michigan, after a two-year gap, they found lax sanitation procedures, problems. But they offered only voluntary suggestions for fixing it, and now we have a massive baby formula shortage. FDA not exactly covering itself in glory either. Oh, far from it. And you know, that's why stay home, save lives was always such a din on it was always such a dishonest, you know, euphemism or such aphorism. Because there were there were the obvious ways where is it staying home and saving a life if you're locking people up in situations with worsening domestic violence, with worsening substance abuse, with kids going from a little chubby into outright obesity and becoming type two diabetics. But then there are the extremely literal ways, like the FDA not making sure that facilities to feed children, a process that they have monopolized because we do have this intense regulatory regime where we really only have three baby formula manufacturers. Them monopolizing this process, not doing their jobs, and failing to abide by medical standard number one, which is first do no harm. We've seen it in other areas of medicine where women not going in for cervical cancer screenings, uh, pre-diabetics, not going in for regular checkups to keep from progressing into diabetes, uh, other forms of cancer screening, other forms of preventative care, mental health care. But this one isn't about, oh, we scared the public into going into their care providers or private doctors didn't have enough availability. This is members of the government who paid who are still paid by our taxpayer dollars. I don't remember getting a tax cut during all this buck, do you? Do you remember giving less money to the FDA in the last two years? I didn't think so. Nope. That those being directly paid by us to ensure that babies, the most vulnerable people in our society, and oftentimes the sickest, because the sickest babies are the ones who need that highly specialized formula, their job was to make sure that we had a safe abundance of food and healthy nutrition for them, and they couldn't do it. Oh, you're telling me they couldn't hermetically seal their faces with N95s like these school districts are trying to do to these four and five-year-olds in San Francisco and New York? Tough. Outrageous. They had one job and they didn't do it. And now we have a government-manufactured health crisis. And how so, many little kids are going to die because of this? Tina, appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Buck. Singer Christina Aguilera was... White an outfit during a supposedly all-ages L.A. Pride performance. We'll have that video in quick hits. Stay with us. Singer Christina Aguilera wears a shocking outfit during her L.A. Pride performance, and Biden has another verbal slip-up. Stories on this and more coming up in quick hits. Let's dive into it. Um... I hadn't heard of her in a while. I guess she does some reality TV judging stuff. Uh, she had some songs 20 years ago that did pretty well on the radio, etc. But Christina Aguilera showed up to an L.A. Pride performance. I mean, just you know, content warning here, because you're going to see something. And you're going to say, what? This is not, not no, no one you know, under the age of 18 should be exposed to or see this kind of. But this was at a public performance, L.A. Pride, a festival open all ages. This is what, oh, did we blur it out? We, okay, we blurred it out, but I mean, she has a, uh, just so you understand, a, a phallic uh, symbol sticking out of her outfit there for L.A. Pride. What is going on, folks? 
You know, I, I just think it's so clear there's something really uh, with the left and the progressives, something's really off these days about um, exposing everybody to what is just honestly depraved, um, really making an effort to go after children too when it comes to gender identity and sexuality and things, really young kids. The left is very dedicated to this. It's not just a byproduct of other things they're doing. It feels like the left really does want to brainwash kids. And this is why the Florida uh, throwdown with Disney, which was, and still is, trying to push transgender ideology on children, uh, the term groomer was very upsetting to the left. And when you see what, what happened at the recent Dallas Pride event, where you had men uh, dancing as though they are strippers uh, and dressed up as women for small children and kids putting dollar bills in the G-strings of these adult men who are dressing that way, you say, something's wrong with these people. There's something deeply wrong. And, and anyone in the media and any of the Democrat Party who defends this is running cover for something really sick. And that's where we are as a society. Um, Joe Biden, I didn't even see this one until the team just threw it up there for me. Uh, Joe Biden referred to civil rights activist Karen Narasaki as, well, here's Joe Biden. Has defined us and all of it's an embodiment of so many of you here today. Leaders in civil rights like Karen Nagasaki and, uh, and Karen uh, Korematsu. Where, where are you? Where are the Karens? There you go. Now, I see Biden loves all the time. It feels like that's just the way he is these days, and people try to tell you it's no big deal. In fact, perfect transition here, uh, Don Lemon of CNN uh, asked Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, if it's really fair to say that Joe Biden has the stamina, physicality, and mentality to continue for this term and maybe even to run for the next term, and she acted like this was some kind of a, a frivolous or silly question. Watch. Does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, it, he, I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is, I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. Just look at the work that he does. Look what he's, how he's delivering. I mean, she can't really believe any of that, right? Like every, everyone, even every Democrat I know will say, maybe not on TV, but yeah, I know Biden's lost a step, that's for sure. Lost more than a step. Newly uncovered audio by the Washington Examiner. Hunter Biden says his father, Joe, will talk about anything that I want him to. If I say it's important to me, he'll work a way to make it part of his platform. Watch. He's going to talk about drug reform and any other things that I want him to. Mm-hmm. He'll talk about um, mm-hmm. anything that I want him to, that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, then he will work a way in which to make it a part of his, of his platform. Mm-hmm. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. Amazing that guy's gotten away with as much as he has at this point. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields high. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. 
Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.